Hello, Idle Thumbs listeners. We want to tell you about the newest podcast on the Idle Thumbs network. It's called Esports Today, and it's hosted by Rob Zachney of Three Moves Ahead and Andrew Groen. It's a brand new show. Their first episode actually went up just last night. Uh, and in that episode, they're talking about the international and sort of other things going on in the competitive gaming tournament scene right now. Check it out at esports.today. Enjoy. I will, Chris. Good. As a lapsed professional gamer. <laughs> Do you know what it is, Jake? Uh, it's... It's... it's. <laughs> It's August 5th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 222. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Steve Gaynor. Whoa! Whoa. Hi! Whoa. I'm on a pod. Did oh. you guys know Steve was going to be here? <laughs> wow. I did know Steve was going to be here, and that's why I made that sound. <laughs> <laughs> a warm welcome from Jake, as always. Welcome back, Steve. Who are you to the people who started listening to this podcast since you even were last on it? Yeah, uh, which was a while ago. Uh, I'm Steve. I was one of the early Idle Thumbs people. Uh, I hosted, what, like after Nick Brecken initially left? You were, like, you were on back. like 51 through 64, and you were a guest in the early 50s. Yeah, uh, and... and I was the writer and lead designer of Gone Home, and I'm working on a game called Tacoma now. Cool. I was at... Tacoma was uh, opposite Firewatch in opposite uh, E3 press conferences <laughs> this true. year, That's battling true. one another. Yeah. The battle of the walking simulator. <laughs> the battle of the mid-tier <laughs> indie. It's true. <laughs> mid-tier indie is, is a more... Uh, genericized way of saying a walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, welcome back, Scoops. Thanks. Welcome back. I'm always excited to be on a podcast with you, Steve. Well, thank you, Danielle. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There won't be that many more opportunities to do so, Aww. because you're going to escape <laughs> to a different coast, sadly. But I'll still be around. Okay, good. Danielle never leaves. I'm like an <laughs> unpleasant odor or a ghost. I'm always around. <laughs> right? Hmm. Everybody? Yes. Well, we played the same game this week. Some. And we should totally talk about it. All right. What game was that? I played The Swindle, which is a roguelike platformer stealth game in 2D, where you play as a number of little thieves uh, who come down from an airship. This is a cyberpunk meets steampunk I like the aesthetic. I like the description that you play as a number of thieves. You play as any number <laughs> you of thieves. You play as several thieves. <laughs> Technically uh, true. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, you have 100 days in-game, so basically 100 separate heists to go into residences and hack, um, I suppose they are sort of futuristic little um, saves, safes, safes. They're computers. I guess they're computers they're with steam money computers. in them. Yes, yeah, steam computers uh, make a lot of money. Go back up to your cyberpunk airship. Are they like Linux boxes that play games from Valve's <laughs> digital distribution? Perhaps server? they are. <laughs> Maybe that's what's really going on. Some here. sort of steam box. Yeah, mm. it's a steam box. I so when you, what? How would you? 
That's interesting that you say a cross between cyberpunk and steampunk. Because I feel like it's just a it's steampunk It's much more game. steampunk, but it has hacking in it. Yeah. And it's also, it sort of has computers and robots. and it's But sort can't of, steampunk stuff have steam computers in it? It can. Okay. It sure can. That's how hacking, the developers though, have... hacking a steampunk have, thing? Well... <laughs> this has turned into a bad podcast. Well, <laughs> this is a different which podcast elements are cyberpunk and which are steampunk? <laughs> you know what? I'll be, technically, the developers voice. of this game actually call it cyber crime steampunk. So Fine. there's huh. cyber in it, but you're you're right. It's not actually cyberpunk. Is, is so there's powered things, and there are computers, and it you hack them. Is there a, a Disney genre punk game? No. Punk punk. That's like punk musicians, but they glue a gear to their guitar. <laughs> there should be. They glue some like Legos to their ears. Yeah, maybe. they That'd be cool. Sort of, it sounds I edgy. I don't know yeah. why this doesn't happen often. Um, it's it's kind of a cool game. I think it's actually a little uh, difficult for its own good. It's a little hard to kind of get into at first until you start getting into sort of the gameplay loop of do the heist. Get a whole bunch of money, then go back to your airship and make your upgrades and do that kind of thing. In that way, it's almost a little bit Rogue Legacy. Um, yeah, it which seems I way more way. of like a Rogue Legacy thing than a traditional roguelike that's yeah. just like you hardly bank anything. You just like, because Spelunky is like, nope, you start a new game and a new done. game's a new game. It's like yep. you never played the game before. Well, I mean, except for unlocking the whatever portals to the different worlds. But I mean, aside from that. Not available in Delhi Challenges. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to Hardly play. Hardly a true feature of that game. <laughs> but yeah, this is way more about like you have your little guy and they either do a heist or die on the heist, mm. and then you go back and you upgrade a bunch but of abilities even, I, and I powers and stuff. Even if your if your thief dies, you lose anything from that heist except any upgrades port back up to your ship and right. just get affixed to the new right. to your new thief. Yeah, well, you don't get you don't get upgrades in level. The upgrades only happen in your airship. Okay, so but any in between game stuff stays on that sort of meta layer and doesn't die with your character, right? Exactly. Yeah, it stays in your airship. Yeah. that's how and, they sort of you know sort of yeah. make it metaphorical. I right? think that's the way it's very Rogue Legacy ish because it's more. I mean, and that, I I feel like that was one of the big um, uh, criticisms of Rogue Legacy, and I I feel it's kind of the same here. Is it feels way grindier in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, okay, I'll go in, I'll grab. Some money, uh, stuff seems like it's getting hard. I'll just go bank it and upgrade. And it's really more about just increasing your stats over time than like what I feel like is kind of a have you actually have you actually got through 100 days? I mean, not that I'm not saying that as like. I don't want to be the person who's like, have you actually played into hour 70 no of this one, game? I, no one on Idle Thumbs would ask any kind of question. Like no, well, I mean, just the bigger problem would be, have you guys played this game at all? Yeah, no. <laughs> that sounds I, a lot more familiar I, to me. I've been meaning to play this game because I, I like the size five yeah. games, mm-hmm. games. Like, they've made a lot mm-hmm. of adventure games in the past, uh, the Ben and Dan series. Yeah. Um, but I was. I'm asking only in just no, like I, I how achievable is endgame unless you press your luck really hard and stay inside of the heist. Because yeah. the, the 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 general shtick that I just the aesthetics of this game it looks it looks like a sort of Mark of the Ninja esque 2D stealth game, yeah. but with random roll destructible yeah. environments like you'd see in Spelunky. Mark of the Ninja is a good reference point mm. that I hadn't thought of before as far as, like, the mechanics, like, wall jumping and, yeah, 2D stealth and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it feels like the moment-to-moment gameplay, whenever you're not sort of upgrading your little thief, it feels so much like that. Yeah, and it, and it's cool, and, it, and it's it's kind of cute. It almost, um, every, every in the early stages, all your sort of enemies are little robots that you 
hit with your little, you know, whatever it is, your little stick that you have. And it's your actually has kind of a lot of personality to yeah. it. And it's, and it's pretty as well. I love the art. I mean, yeah. I, especially the character art. Like your, your thief yeah. is really just nice looking. It has a really unique art style that I haven't really seen anywhere else. It, I feel like. What is it? It's kind it's of... A, it's by an illustrator named Michael Furman, who I've followed on Twitter for a while, mm. I, who I knew about mm. because of uh, when I followed like the Double Fine Amnesia Fortnite stuff, he was mm. he drew portraits of all of the leads for oh, a couple of years yeah, on that. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah. Not just the leads. I've like, got, got one of those, it, too. It, <laughs> it looks like, like indie comics meets stained glass or something. Exactly. Because all the characters have sort of like lead lines inside yeah. of them. And, yeah, and that's what, that's what it looks like in the swindle as well. It reminds me, yeah, of kind of like... I don't know, early century illustrations, but in a way that I can't really put my finger on. But it's, there's know? almost like a paper craftiness to yeah. it, too. Like, like the way it's... Yeah. Sort of, but like it's also very angular. Like the stained glass thing right. is a really good thought. Oh, yeah, that's so cool looking. Jake just showed me a picture. Yeah. Radio. It's, it's a really, yeah, it's a radio. It's a really pretty game, and, and I really dig the sort of the, the core loop. I'm just not very good at it. And, yeah. And I'm sort of... I sort of feel like it's a little... So this is always one of those weird judgment calls where, like, I might just suck at this game, or maybe this game is a little difficult and it frustrated me at points, certainly. And I know some other folks have talked about that a bit, but I don't want to, like, poo-poo the game for being difficult when it's a fairly exacting genre. Like, stealth has never been about being <laughs> it's super easy or super accessible. So um, that's my only thing, thing about, with it, really, you know. That is such a difficult thing about games like this, because for the people who really like a given game, often that difficulty is such a part of the appeal and yeah. you feel like if I didn't feel like I had to perform at this level, this would be just less right. interesting Any Any me. game that sort of descends but, from like Binding of Isaac, uh, Spelunky, random roll, <laughs> yeah. platformy, you die yeah. all the time. And I definitely feel that way, right? Like when I play something like Spelunky, as much as I remember how how brutal it felt to me when I started playing it, past a point, it's like I would never, like once you sort of, crest it it's like then i'm like i would never want this to be any easier like i would never want it to be any more accommodating to me than it is yeah um and it's like it's it's really hard to bridge that gap and like define right, where the, the focal they, point should be because yeah you have people like danielle being put off on the right. other side <laughs> which is totally reasonable because i've felt that for sure it's reasonable that you're put off yes i'm not entirely put off i don't want to make it sound as if i feel negatively about this game yeah, i actually yeah. no, like no, this I game it's why just do you hate those... the swindle i clearly Think the swindle killed my parents one rainy Holy evening, shit. and that's what happened. Why are you trying to swindle our hearts, Daniel? I've swindled your heart with my story your about my parents. Your parents were found in a Korean uh, cyber cafe. That's what it was, <laughs> and they're just trying to, you know, survive. They're eking on, you know. It was, a, it was. I don't know where this what is going. You, what are you talking about? A Korean cyber cafe. <laughs> You know, like when people play like, StarCraft for like seventy-five hours. <laughs> it's a, oh, okay. I see. It's, it's a. It's, it's also a Steam slash Cyber Cafe in this case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. True. Indeed. Yeah. You mean like a steampunk Steam cyber? A, a steampunk cyber cafe <laughs> of a game. Oh yes, the best games. Only the best games. Mm -hmm. I I really like it so far. I just feel as if I kind of suck at it and. Mm. I, I feel that way about a lot of games. So hopefully, hopefully though, we like clock wipe to three weeks from now where you're like I'm so deep into the swindle scene immediately. Yeah. I, I don't, know if, I don't my, know if there's a swindle scene, but I hope there is for, for that name. Getting ready for my SGDQ next year. Swind swindle scene run. 2015 is the <laughs> this year's uh, annual convention. It's kind of like Splatoon, you know. 
Every I, month? I had, so I had an arc like that this week uh, as far as being terrible until suddenly I no longer felt like I was terrible. <laughs> and it, it, So I, you guys have talked about this. I was playing Rocket League. Oh, um, man, yeah. I got it on PS4 uh, as part of the, the PS Plus thing, and uh, I, I've played it... I've only opened up the game like three times, so I've played it for maybe a, a total of like two or three hours. But the first time I played it, I was just terrible and <laughs> would try yeah. to do anything and yep. fail and like try to hit the ball but not hit it or hit it and just go towards my own goal or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, this seems like a good game, but I am the shitty guy that sucks. <laughs> um, and then the second time I played it, I was not very much better but I made one goal in a very oh, yeah, intentional so way. Yeah. It wasn't like I accidentally bumped right. off. I was like, I tried yeah. to hit it in, and it went in. I was like, oh, I'm the best player in the world. <laughs> There's been no one better at this game than me ever. Uh, and yeah. then I played for a while longer and, and didn't make any more goals, but felt more competent. Right. And then yeah, today, yeah. before I left on the plane trip to come here, I played for about half an hour. And I scored like six goals in three games and was MVP oh, wow. in two of them. And I was like, wow, you're yes. way better than I, am. <laughs> nice. uh, I mean, I was playing in the middle of a weekday morning, so I don't know. Maybe what, the uh, best what players weren't play? playing. Yeah. I, I have both like standard and chaos checked, so it'll Which grab either standard? of those. Three? Standard is three v three and yeah. chaos, you know. Yeah. So I it it just on whichever one it pulls, I either get three v three or four v four. Yeah, once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that most of them have have been i feel like most of them have been 4v4 that yeah. i've just happened to that's still the only one roll. i've played actually i i, I still that's, and having played it like from your discussion you had with nick the other the other uh cast i didn't i didn't like he hadn't played chaos mode at all right yeah i think he thought it was going to be crazier because i don't i don't find chaos yeah. mode to be really chaotic yeah, at all it feels either. balanced and like an actual it's chaos mode from the perspective the perspective from the perspective of designers who are very excited about how this game is pure when it's 3v3 so 4v4 is ruining it it's, i mean it's also <laughs> from the perspective of nick brecken who tried to explain how to strategize in the game with a whiteboard to his <laughs> girlfriend so like a fourth player it's too much <laughs> I worked for that pro rating. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm I'm looking forward to playing more of it. It's a fucking good game. It's good. It's one of those games that is not complex on paper. It mm-hmm. and it's not complex yeah. in practice. It's very good because it is well, a perfect execution of. It depends what, what you mean by complex because. Physics is complex, right, and it right. has that. Comprehending yes. what you're supposed to do and what's supposed to happen is not complex, right? Like, yeah, I mean, in the course. way that, like, Dota is complex. Right. right. The, the rules yes. of the game are not complex. It's true that yes. it is very dynamic in that, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm I'm anticipating where the ball is going to be and when I need to jump based on how fast I'm going so that I can hit it at the right time and the right angle. Like, it yeah. is, it's, mm-hmm. like, the physics of that is super right. complex, but that's all, that's not, like... Like the the rule sheet for this game yeah, would be very sure. short, and know? I mean, and this this is the way that like many sports are not yeah. all sports. Some sports are more complicated than others, but like hashtag not all sports. <laughs> <laughs> but like soccer, at least the way that people who I are not it. playing in like a professional league play right. soccer is a you know is in the same general like um, range of of complexity as this. Yeah, um, and that's what's cool about it is that you feel like you're basically doing the things that soccer has um but in this like very sort of both accessible and as you say very dynamic way it's really cool someone in the forums really intelligently pointed out that the way it feels 
more like soccer or the exciting, cool things about soccer more so than playing like a FIFA game is that you are controlling sort of one character and sort of your mm-hmm. actions are the center of the world when you're yeah. doing that cool thing. Yeah. Even though it's a rocket car, it's not. Well, you and you're not just controlling one character like you would in FIFA. You are physically embodying yeah. this this you're not thing God level. in 3D yeah. space. You're not just like, yeah, driving a, a game piece around, you know? Um, also, something really good about it being rocket cars and stuff is that, and being totally physics driven, is the additional hilarity of accidental things that can happen. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I was so when I when I got a bunch of goals this morning, at least one of them, probably a few of them, were unintentional or only slightly intentional, not the way I meant it, whatever. But the best one was that I didn't realize what had happened until I watched the um, the replay, but. I had boosted and was trying to hit the ball, but I missed it by just a little bit. And then another car just ran into me and knocked me into the ball, which went into the goal. <laughs> like, that's a good replay. Uh, was it on your team or the? Yeah, it was. It was. That's why it was an assist. I think that <laughs> sort of. I mean, Steve would have gotten credit for the goal if he if his car was the one. Right, but if it was a teammate running into you, that that yeah. is that. Yeah, seems like it I think it, the most gratuitous, it, gross car teamwork of just yeah. oh he's gonna miss. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was both of us trying to hit the the ball into the <laughs> and goal, you both and, did. and I just right. missed and yeah. blocked the other guy from hitting it, causing him to hit me into it, making the goal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good game, I guess. Is what I'm saying. Yep, yeah. accurate, true. That's pretty rad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope that I eventually play it. You should. You can. It's easy. There's there are it's definitely some people who have played a lot of it because oh, yeah. I play I play matches against guys. I I mean because they're good, but also because they have like rainbow money trails <laughs> as their boost <laughs> graphics Beautiful. and shit, and like Gorgeous. some sort of like king crown on the top of their car. I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still unlocking like the base car models. You guys <laughs> mm-hmm. have put some hours in. Yep bubble guy the thing the funny thing about the the alternate boosts is that they not only are graphic so the bubble guy that i'm talking about is you can have a a boost apparently that's just bubbles come out of the back of your car like from like Mm -hmm. a bubble blower uh and they don't just change the graphics but also the sound so a guy boosts past you with the bubbles (laughs) and just goes can you get it in bubbles like that or is it like <laughs> it's it's like cartoon like can you get a can you get a Jetsons sound? Can you get the like oh, and go and by? Then, oh, well and so it cool. and it has the yeah, little smoke awesome. rings coming out from you yeah. like a like a Jetsons uh, car. I yeah. wish and hope. Can later. you get a fartmobile? Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. What? Can you? If I, I don't if know. I had if if I if I hooked up a headset to this game, I would spend the entire time just emitting fart noises through my headset and only have proximity chat on. So that whenever I zoom past them, they just hear just the Doppler like. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Quality fart noises. Nothing like a, a pitch bend on a fart. Yeah. <laughs> there is Accurate. nothing like that, really. I mean, it's No, true. in real life, you don't really experience that either. It's that has to be a serious fucking well, farter going by. Moving past you while continuously <laughs> farting fast enough to perceive a Doppler effect. Yeah. It's true. In real life, you don't get that often. That's no. It's really unfortunate. That's, that's you overstating know. it, man. I think life would be better if we had a little more of that. Well, that's, well, that's why we why have video games. Like to bring it to oh. the world of <laughs> yes, Rocket please. League. Yes, yeah. please. Yes, please. Farket League? Yeah, mm. that didn't work. I played I'm, other games with lots of farts in them. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Huh? I'm interested. <laughs> I sure Sign did. Sign me up. I sure Were did. Were the rare games? Yes, when I played Rare Replay, 
So I didn't oh, play. Well, I'm less interested now. Oh, oh. Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. Like, Conquer was that? Conquer. Yeah, they, there's they, a they lot of Conquer's, farts in Conquer. Yeah. They were. They were. They were responsible for Conquer's bad fur. I know. They, I know they were. But I just didn't know if that was in this collection. Oh yes, yeah, lots of farts. Battletoads is in there. Battletoads is in so there. Battletoads arcade. Cra- Battletoads. I'm all right. I'm listening again. All right. It's all right. Rash, it's so zits, and pimple. Oh, yeah. that's right. Bad. I know that there's nothing about this that's actually strange, but it feels really strange to me that this this came out, I assume, on Xbox One. Yeah, in fact, Yeah, today. it's really weird that games that were, like, developed and published as Nintendo console, yeah. like, second party, I guess, or first mm-hmm. party, really, because they owned Rare. Not a lot first of... First party exclusive. Some Rare. stuff was. Nintendo, did, did, Nintendo, no, didn't, Nintendo own didn't own Rare. Rare. They had a deal with Rare to make games in the N64 oh, era in particular, but even, like, Battletoads was Genesis and okay, never mind. Nintendo platforms. So, yeah, it's I just because... But the, you're right about the N64 era. You're saying there's no Genesis? Much... He's making a face like there's not a Sega right. Battletoads. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I was Maybe. a Nintendo kid. I just don't remember there being. A You're right about the N64 Genesis era. Version. I don't know if they were owned by them, but that was like they were like the power You're team for right. N64 games. Like they made some of the right. absolute best, most well known <laughs> N64 games. It was a rare yeah. Nintendo compilation, right. and there are no Donkey Kong games on it. There's there's no Diddy Kong Racing, which is the sorest disappointment for me on this collection which is, is there... a generally good collection why would you expect there to be that on no, a... no no i don't expect it i'm saying it, i'm saddest about you're that. saddest about it not is being there because that's a great game there's no golden eye but is there, there is perfect dark perfect dark and perfect dark zero second master system game so the good one and the master system <laughs> which battle makes sense. in battle maniacs battle toads was 91 released in 1993 for the snes and in 1994 for the sega master system Oh, okay. Master oh, that was system, the, that was the uh, also God. just regular Battletoads was released for the Genesis. I was going to say, as, really? Yes. Yeah. Crazy. So this collection is thirty rare games, and it's unless I'm insane. No, I'm not. Oh no, you're, you're right. Not it was. You're smart. The internet right. knows all this and is waiting for us to <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> up about it. And so does Jake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right. Jake no, has does. proven that he knew all of it already as well. Um, so right, I'm sorry, Danielle. What no, is it's the okay. I I haven't played all of it yet. I played a whole bunch of it. We put up a three hour video today of us playing every single one of these games, basically, and rating them from worst to best. The thing that the I Conquer was, games are rated worst. Conquer is pretty low on the list. Good. Yeah, good. Actually. What was the Just absolute worst one according Perfect to you? Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, Not according to me. Bad. This was like a polygon. You know, we all right. sort of voted wow. on this sort of stuff. Worst. It's 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 weren't rough. They, weren't they making like so? The thing that I was surprised by that I did not mm. know about Rare from this uh, uh, collection, is they were making, like, arcade games in the mid-'80s. Yes. Like, they've been like around forever. Pack, I had solar no idea. Jet Man. Yeah, they're, yeah, I didn't know they were a of... Solar Jetman. I, I remember <laughs> Solar Jetman from Nintendo Power in, like, 1987. Totally. Like, I did not know Rare was doing that. Shit yeah, I think that the earliest game in the collection is 83, maybe 82. So wow. it's, it's pretty old. And they were called... Um, Ultra Play the Game at that point. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, no, isn't that a good were, name? No, no, no. They were called Ultimate Play the Game. Ultimate. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, My that apologies. The name that's extremely good. Ultimate yep. Play the Game. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty rad <laughs> that's a, collection. That's a, that's a, that's an epic mega game. That's a, that's <laughs> oh, a yeah. rad name. name. Yeah. I mean, good. Rare is an okay name, but. So Nintendo, yeah. I, I knew that they owned part of them at least. Nintendo had a 49% stake in Rare. Yeah. For, for like. The mid nineties, I think. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. from ninety four. Yeah. 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 So, so Microsoft had to buy. Yeah, I remember wow. that. Yeah, I remember Microsoft did, in fact, have to buy out Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I definitely remember that happening. Crazy. Yeah. So this, I mean, this collection goes all the way back to the early eighties. It goes all the way to you know modern rare games, but good modern rare games like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts and the Viva Pinata games, sort of the the better rare games of the Man, later Viva era. Pinata. 
That's a great what game. An interesting thing that it's, was. It's yeah, a cool, cool game. Like it. Also, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was an interesting that's thing because it was actually all about building weird physics vehicles in a super robust way. Yeah, Yeah. it was a really great game. I feel like it, we said this at some point in the video we made, but I feel like it tapped into sort of the Minecraft thing way before that was even a thing for people or at least, you know, on on that level. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah, that was 08 and it still looks great and plays really well. The Banjo games are all great and they hold up really well. I am maybe the biggest like Banjo-Kazooie fangirl ever. I love those games. I think they have some of the best level design for 3D platformers ever hmm. in the That's universe. I think they're really fun um, and interesting. And they started actually experimenting with almost like adventure game design. Like a- adventure game structure and adventure game style puzzles in the way the world's interacted. And I... I won't go on because this probably isn't interesting to anyone else, but I thought that was really cool. And it's cool to revisit a lot of this stuff. Um, certainly there are some weaker games in the collection as well. Was um, the number one game the pause screen from Battletoads? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> Battletoads is actually fairly high up in our list, I think. Um, here's the cool thing about Rare Replay. Yeah. <laughs> So Rare Replay allows you to actually, in I think any of the games, I could be wrong, but we definitely use this in Battletoads, it allows you to literally rewind a little bit of the action. So if you die, oh, if you eat crazy. it nice. and something, which is great for Battletoads, because that I, game yeah. is way too difficult. I really thought you were going to say, this is the crazy thing about Rare Replay, in any game, it allows you to pause and hear the pause theme from Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that cool. That would be a actually. good feature. Can you good rewind... When the game itself is paused, like is this does it exist at like a meta yeah, layer so that so. you could then also does the rewind <laughs> have like audio effects like when you rewind in oh braid or blinks the time sweeper? In which case you could then braid or blinks the time. You're screaming <laughs> about blinks. blinks right here. That is a hilarious notable other rewind game. Prince of Persia sounds Sands of, of time. Sands of Time doesn't have like. It doesn't go. <laughs> no, but if but it, okay, I'm only asking all these things because then my dream of using the replay feature to do like a bad DJ scratch uh, effect <laughs> over the Battletoads pause theme could be oh, could no. be realized. <laughs> Man, it took you a second. Oh. Yeah, oh, you can you, you can totally could, spin the the, the stupid pause screen. Yeah, that's right. Well, but here's the thing: they released. Oh, they released the soundtracks for a bunch of the games mm. on vinyl as part of this. <laughs> Jake Which is like going almost to certainly find it. means I'm. I know that they released the Battletoads. They did. Yeah. Soundtrack. Good on vinyl. Jake has it on vinyl. Jake has Does it, it have the pause screen right theme? So let's. There's some. They were uh, rare in combination with I Am Eight Bit released a bunch of albums. And yes, uh, the end of side A is the pause theme. I yes. looked at the record and I don't think that it's groove locked, which makes me the saddest. Because imagine if. Your your record player's head got to the end of the album and oh. then just looped it forever. It does not, I don't think, but I haven't listened to it yet. However, I have to share what happens <laughs> but you when could you scratch the DJ. Listen to what happens when you open the Battletoads record. <laughs> yes. It's like those annoying birthday cards, but it just plays Battletoads but it's music. Great. <laughs> also, that's a I mean, good radio. Tri- that's a good cover and interior flap design. For the most amazing thing I ever could have done would have been to foresee on the this back? happening. And Show then me. to uh, about that. alter that so when you opened it up, it would have played Captain Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Rare Replay. So you played Battletoads. I did. And I played Battletoads Arcade, which is actually shockingly good. A shockingly good mid-90s brawler. Battle, Battletoads brawler. Arcade was... 
what I remembered was they did a Battletoads meets Double Dragon crossover. That's a different, different game. But which yeah. they also had an arcade version of. I didn't play that, yep. but that sounds pretty amazing, actually. You could choose to be either a Battletoad or a Double Dragon man. So you, should, you could be people. like Pimple or Rash next to a, a Double Dragon dude. Next to Billy or Jimmy Lee. <laughs> Billy or Bimmy. Yeah. Bimmy, that's, maybe. That's a, that's a, that's a I don't add a third Bimmy. double dragon because of the three battle codes. It might have been Bimmy, but I'm not Bimmy. sure. I don't remember for it's sure. Bimmy, you know. Oh, you mean Bimmy? Yeah. Yeah, Bimmy. Yeah, well, you can play as him. Know. Oh, yeah. Bimmy. <laughs> he was a toad double dragon hybrid. <laughs> Whenever you select Bimmy, it just instantly rewinds to right before you selected Bimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Rare in that era of like mid to late 90s kind of did all this genre mashing even though they made games that kind of looked you know not exactly similar but had a similar color palette everything was very bright and friendly and sort of big googly eyes and you know all, all sorts of character weird you know goofy character designs that looked very child friendly but they did a ton of actual like in terms of the mechanics weird interesting experimentation within those games so I dig it. The a pinnacle lot. of which was Conquer's bad fur day. Oh, Conquer. Good old Conquer. <laughs> he was well, having a bad fur day. He was. I could sing the whole Great Mighty Pooh song. Incorrect. I, I, well, it's I mean, I think she's accurate. When I'm, she's I'm being serious. That. So, why, would, why is <laughs> yeah, that? It is correct. Did you play a lot of Conquer as I a child? I played so much. Con- well, I was 17. Okay. I was on the edge of my. I was I was not a girl, but not yet a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I played Conquer's bad fur day. <laughs> When I played Conquer, Conquer was an awakening for young. It really, it really was. You know, there was a giant poop, and there was a squirrel who had. I mean, that that is probably jokes. like the one age where it's like <laughs> perfect. Conquer, yeah, it, it's actually true. That was kind of perfect for me, especially as someone who has never really left their sort of thirteen-year-old boy. Do they have the actually child-friendly Conquer Game Boy sequel? No, it's weird. Twelve Tales is not on the on this collection. And that I'm not is sure why. strange because they. Completely owned. No, it's not. <laughs> they completely it's not. It, right? You thought they were going to put a Game Boy game on Xbox One? I mean, although, you know, certainly the, the ZX Spectrum games yeah. are, are, you know, pretty low res, but they, they look good on a big screen. They yeah. did stuff to them to make them look good. I'm not uh, versed in necessarily what they did to it, but it, the stuff plays pretty well. It's emulated nicely. What's the weirdest game on there? You know, actually, the weirdest game is Snake Rattle and Roll. Oh, I remember Definitely that. the weirdest, like, in terms of... Because they were, like, ball snakes, Yeah, right? they're, like, weird ball snakes, and it's an isometric <laughs> perspective, Where and there's no, there's no we're context. We're in rare replay world. Yeah, we seriously are. We got ball I snakes, think... we got conkers. Yeah. I think we have a break on the horizon. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and it, rare replay is a cool so thing. How much did this cost? I'm just curious. It's actually relatively inexpensive. It's $30. Okay. For, for how many games? Like for 30? 30. Yeah. That's their that's cool. shtick. 30 games, 30 shtick. years, $30. There you go. Oh, wow. Wow. Let's take a break. Wow. <laughs> Ball snakes. Wow. Ball snakes. Ball snakes. This episode is brought to you by Ball Snakes. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Nature Box, a delicious and very convenient snack subscription service that will send all kinds of delicious treats right to your home or office. If you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs, your first Nature Box is on us or on them. It's at naturebox.com slash thumbs. Don't ask who's who's paying for it. Uh, but you can select all kinds of treats every month. We enjoy them and have eaten many of them ourselves, including uh, delicious pineapple slices. Oh, yeah. Those yep, are good. All kinds of nom nom 
treats. Uh, I like what? their mocha bars. Do you have any nature snacks here now? We don't have them at this moment, Steve, okay. sadly. but Because you're making me want to eat them. <laughs> well, when they arrive, we eat them quickly, generally. If I wanted to get some for myself, though? You'd go to naturebox.com slash thumbs and get a whole nature box just for you. Wow. And for Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. Nick I Brecken has a nature box, box subscription, so <laughs> sure does. just a little identity theft and it's yours. Naturebox. <laughs> you can find those and many more at naturebox.com slash thumbs. First box is free. Act fast before that goes away. We love them. Video game. This episode of Vital Thumbs is also brought to you by MeUndies. High quality underwear and other basic garments that come in all kinds of uh, styles and colors for men and women. Um, they also have a new line, a new women's collection called All of Me. Whoa. Yeah, a four-piece women's line of underwear. That so, sounds cool. Yeah, you should get I on that. I could try some of that. That mm-hmm. sounds delightful. Uh, they also have all kinds of other stuff for men that uh, I approve of as well. How is it four-piece? What are the other two pieces? Why don't you go find out? <laughs> Why don't you go to meundies.com slash thumbs, get 20% off, and get free shipping. That's find me. out about how women's underwear works. <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, for yourself. You, what, you know, whether you're, when you're deciding if you need, if you want to buy some MeUndies, you can at the very least go there and learn a thing or two. Yeah. I think one piece is, uh, is like a swim bonnet. One glove. <laughs> <laughs> you choose the four pieces. That's the deal with this collection. <laughs> a belt. One glove, one They've sock. made, they've made, uh, garments for all of me, but you choose four pieces. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Get a clown Lots nose. <laughs> Go to meindies.com slash thumbs. Yep. Get your See get your all of me. These, are, these are really cute. I would totally wear these. These are cute. There you go. Meandies.com slash thumbs. I would totally wear these. Video game. That's the I, slogan from that's official Idle <laughs> Thumbs Meandies slogan. That's right. That's what that is. I, totally I would totally wear, wear these. We're back for our much-anticipated Angry Birds 2 segment, What do you guys Danielle? want to talk about? Whoa. Angry Birds 2? I'm angry! <laughs> <laughs> so what is... What By makes... the way, Spaff said he would do... Oh, I thought we were back. Oh, no. Angry Birds Screaming? He said he would do... Her... <laughs> Yay! Get and now back it. to Angry Birds Screaming! <laughs> <laughs> so how is Angry Birds 2 different from other Angry Birds games like Angry Birds Screaming? <laughs> Less screaming in this one, actually. Well, you got, you got oh, your Angry Birds, Angry Birds Rio, Angry Birds Screaming, Angry Birds in <laughs> Angry Space. Angry Birds Star Wars. So what is one. actually different? Why is there Angry Birds 2 when there have been like 400 Angry Birdses? You know, that's the question for the ages. Because this game is fairly similar to, you know, it's a 2D game where you throw a bird Wait, at I a got, tower of pigs. I have a qu- How much yes. does Angry Birds 2 cost? It is. This is the biggest problem with it. It is what? freemium, 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 freemium. <gasps> Who would have thought? That a sequel Mm -hmm. to a really popular early mobile or casual Mm -hmm. game that you paid for is now ruined by free-to-play mechanics. That's right. Fucking twist that no one saw coming. No one played Plants vs. Zombies 2, so... Jake is becoming a screaming angry bird. I feel like I hear some (laughs) angry birds screaming going on. What's going on? Yeah. Next sequel. What is bad about it? I mean, I assume that it is bad, but what is bad? What what sucks about it is that it's obviously a, it's a very cool game and a well-designed game. And they did add some new things. There are sort of like little spells. You can kind of choose what things to bring into a level now, which I'm pretty sure is a fairly new feature. I only played the the original and not any of the sort of games in between. So, So there are a few new things going on here. But the freemium stuff 
absolutely sucks. Like, it, it's it's really a bummer because this is the kind of game that trial and error is a part of the game. Like, you don't necessarily know what little spell you'll need to use or what little bird with what specific properties until you've actually played the stage. You can only play the stage a certain amount of times until you die, or and then there's a timer on how much longer you can play, and and Ugh, you know until the next day or whatever. <laughs> and you can definitely watch a video to you know get an extra life a few times, and you watch a bunch of shitty ads. Yeah, it's watching a video, it. watching an ad. It's yeah, yeah. It really. Sucks. Why don't they just say watch ad, watch yeah. a video, yeah, Steve, watch a commercial, a video. It's content. Watch it's this content video watch. of an advertisement. Your content is loading. Yeah, it's it really no, sucks. You're watching content while your other content That's is right. loading. Watch content while you, the content that you actually want to play. It would be it's really content nice. all the way down. Content providers are going to provide you content to engage with. Click They're going to content. engage with brands through their content, Steve. Can yeah. I consume the content? You can consume it as long as you also engage with it. I can engage with the content, therefore connecting with the brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. yes, and oh, and they start screaming. No, great game. <laughs> oh. Their screaming is drowned out by your screaming after, after engaging with the content. Yeah, I, there, there, there is free-to-play that doesn't suck that is stuff like, I guess, Dota and possibly TF2 and stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, there are people who play who pay for customizations, but you can just play it for free. But I wonder about, for instance, like Fallout Shelter, I bought, or no, I downloaded Fallout Shelter for free. Mm-hmm. I never spent a single cent yeah. on it. I played it for probably a couple weeks until I, or like a week or two until I felt like, okay, I get it. And I didn't need to play it anymore. And obviously Bethesda made no money. I think Bethesda effectively considers you a demo customer at that point. Like that's the equivalent. Like if you, what do you mean by, I mean like you are the equivalent of a person who plays a demo for a game and goes, you know, I'm not going to buy it. Dana, my girlfriend, plays a million... She plays a, not a million iOS games, but she plays a lot of iOS games at this point, but she doesn't spend any money on any of them. And I think that she is such a small drop in the pool of that audience that they don't care. Yeah. The same way that you put a lot of work into releasing a free version of a commercial game traditionally, and you expect a ton of people to just either spin around inside of that forever or just bounce off it and never yeah. come back. But and the, you don't the, consider that a lost sale. I, I understand, but I but I think the actual content of Fallout Shelter is different than those games because this game just does not try and squeeze money out of it. It really doesn't. Like, it just feels... Like, I assume that most it of those games... It reminds you Dana, often that you have the opportunity. Not, not that often. I feel like we're talking about elements of Fallout Shelter that are not interesting compared to what I actually want to hear about <laughs> when it comes to Fallout Shelter. All right. What might that be? Well, I am still playing Fallout Shelter. I'm still Fallout Shelter theme Fallout inserted right here. <laughs> there should be a, do, 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 a new do, do. theme based on Jake saying that. Nope. <laughs> Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme. Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme inserted right here. Fallout Shelter theme. So, all right. So, I'm trying to think where I left off last week on my, with my follow shelter. So, I, you I burned was, a couple people alive. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I did that. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's we can we can continue on that. So, it occurred to me. So, it, you know, <laughs> I thought of a more efficient way to burn people alive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, weeks ago, if you remember, my my like the sort of beating heart of my fallout shelter had become the. Um, radio broadcast rooms that I was using to attract new dwellers despite my pregnancy ban. 
So I like after, you know, I, I basically was running a dual purpose base. There was the um, broadcast propaganda centers and then the just like completely all points, um, you know, fitness and intelligence regime regimen, I guess, going on. And uh, when my base filled up, my the broadcast centers just stopped doing anything because you can no longer attract new people when your base is full. So anyway, like, you know, fast forward, it's, I, I, my base has been full for a couple of weeks now with 200 people. Two people are dead. You got a Pope now. Pope. I got a baby Nick Brecken. who's now an adult. Perfect. Um, oh, okay. I got an, also an anti-Pope. Um, and, uh, <laughs> how's, how's Nick Brecken been doing? I think last I heard about him, he I, was a know, baby. I actually don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I mean, situation unchanged. Statement worked in more ways than I intended. Yeah. No, I don't know. I haven't actually checked up on Nick Brecken for a while. I can do that. But, um, so <laughs> let me pull out my phone and check on Nick Brecken. I think until <laughs> See, I, I think development I'll do security going. camera of Nick Brecken's yeah. house. I don't think it was until he's, he's writing on a whiteboard. His girlfriend is fuming in the corner. Reminder for reader mail about that. So, oh, good. I think that it wasn't until the gap between last episode and this episode that I finally actually started getting people in my base who had fully maxed out stats. Like, you know, it takes a while for these people to uh, level up their, their special attributes. And I finally ha- had my first two people who became like fully maxed out. Perfect humans were both women <laughs> And so then I was like, what if I sort of just slowly weeded out all the men in my base <laughs> and just had a base full of women? Like I yeah. could I could do that. Super women. Yeah. And so Super women I was like, well, the way I could the way I could do that is I could I burn realized Wait a second. if I burn someone, oh my God. I will no longer have a full base and I can reemploy my propaganda broadcast centers again and only just only let, only let women. women in. Well, I could just let the line back up, you know. Just with, whenever a man says, I burn them. The plan didn't last long because I realized that it only lets you stack up 10 people outside. So now I just have like a line of 10 people outside who are still just there, and most of them are dudes. Um, so I'm going to have to start burning a lot of guys like pretty fast <laughs> if I want to actually. Well, you, embark could, on you could burn a guy and then let a guy in and then immediately burn him. It's true. I could actually do that. I could just have an assembly line. Well, so you're filled. making an, a literal... <laughs> to the incinerator. Well, God, let me show you to your bunk. Line, one of the three guys who's been there for like a month now. What a bummer for that guy. Sorry, welcome inside. I have to let you know about our new policy. Policy change. You're dead. Goodbye. <laughs> So you're making a siren song with your broadcast center, yeah. basically. Man, the place where I burn <laughs> people—the the place where I burn people—is also the Jesus. Is, is also a it's a water purification station on the very bottom of my base. My base is like twenty. So you lead people down to like the quadruple <laughs> sub basement them down to the last. Well, because it wasn't. I didn't set it up for the purpose of What's burning down newcomers. Here? I set it up to just burn like whoever I need to burn, and so it didn't really make any difference like where in my base it was located. <laughs> I'm just picturing the guy you let him in. And they're like, oh, let me um, show you to uh, a place that we've uh, made for you. <laughs> I got, I mean, you got, you got to make hard decisions. So what's your men to women population ratio looking like at this point? I don't really know how to, cal- I, w- I don't think there's a way to easily figure that out, actually. Yeah. yeah. They don't track that. Huh. No, but let me find Nick Brecken. 
Let's. Oh, so, you know what? Okay, okay, so, okay, so yes, 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 base, exactly. A Go base of all women and, and Nick Yes. Oh my god. I knew that that was where that was going because as he was like, I'll just make it all women. The last one that's going to be there is Brecken, and he's going to be too invested. He can't burn Brecken. No, Brecken was he the can't ch- burn Brecken, Brecken was the child oh. of the first burn. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's true. So Nick Brecken is still level one. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the fitness center, Aww. training up. Sure uh, is. He looks p- like Nick Brecken, though. I mean, like as much as these characters can. That's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, just the, the phrase "the place where I burn people." <laughs> that's, that's just that's the that's the heading that's in an actual serial killer's journal that they keep. <laughs> Have you ever considered that you're a bad person? No, his base is running great. <laughs> He's a bad person, but a but great really overseer. So, so that was the place where I started putting <laughs> no, all no, my... No, the base is great. There's my no problems here. base can wear formal wear or underwear, except when defending the soda factory. <laughs> except when defending Nick Brecken. There Nick Brecken needs to oh, live man. in I'll the very deepest, in... furthest back room Nick's in the, the entire man. base, so that in theory the Raiders would have to destroy the entire base <laughs> before they could get him. to Brecken, because he's so precious. <laughs> precious Brecken. Nick could use a new nickname. New nickname. Precious. Uh... Precious Brecken. Precious Brecken. Weird, Precious Brecken. <laughs> weird Steve. Uh, am I the one that's weird? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Here's where you burn people. <laughs> the place where I burn people. Yep. Also the name of a critically acclaimed novel. Oh. So anyway, that's what's going on in my base this week. So whenever we segue into Reader Mail, I do want to hear about whatever this Brecken mm-hmm. whiteboard related email was. But I don't know if we're there yet. Are we there? It's reader mail. 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 If you have questions for Idle Thumbs, write questions at idlethumbs.net. If you have nicknames for Nick Brecken, <laughs> write questions at idlethumbs.net. For sweet baby Brecken. If, if you want, just want your precious Brecken, <laughs> tweet to at Nick Brecken on Twitter.com. That's so, a good idea. So last week we had a, we had an email that requested uh, classic Nick Brecken moments from, mm. from recent podcasts. This was Jennifer Bailey who wrote in, um, was a new fan, was confused about who Nick Brecken was <laughs> and why he got talked about so often. <laughs> so we... Uh, He's a sweet, precious baby sweet, in the base. Sweet, precious Brecken. So we received a bunch of... of the um, baby in the base, Nick Brecken. That's getting into weird, like, religious, like, post-apocalyptic religious iconography. <laughs> That's true, really yeah. Is. The baby in the base. Anyway. Um, so we received a bunch of emails about that. But the most important email we received was from Janelle Druis, Nick <laughs> Brecken's girlfriend. Excellent. She yes. writes, well, hey, Thumbs. I haven't read this email yet, so I have no idea oh, what, what gonna she's going to say. Uh, well, hi, Thumbs. When the call went out last week to recall everyone's favorite Nick Brecken moments on this week's podcast, I figured it's time I redeem myself. Nick makes me sound like the wettest blanket of a girlfriend with his stories, <laughs> so I thought I should set the record straight about some of the stories while I play a part. Let's start chronologically. I think my first appearance was in his story about Astro Blasters, the first time we went to Disneyland yes. together. Nick was very excited to kick my ass to the game, and he did. The game really did swap our scores. This is mostly because I didn't realize until about a year later, after a couple more Disneyland trips, you can shoot each target more than once. Nick made fun of me for a very long time, but the last time we played, we had just come over from the bar in California Adventure, and it turns out drunk Nick is not good at Astro Blasters. <laughs> I finally beat him. 
Yay. Nick's story about getting a Wii U made me sound like the worst. (laughs) He made made it seem like I flat out told him he couldn't get one. For listeners who don't know, I'm also a game developer, not an anti-video game girlfriend stereotype, which is what I sounded like in this story. What I really said is that he should wait since we were about to move in together and I didn't want another thing to pack. I'd split it with him as a housewarming gift to ourselves if he'd just wait a couple weeks. He could not wait. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad this email's being read on an episode where Nick is not. Result, Nick breaking his bad. Next. (laughs) So the Sim story. Oh, man, that is that is like more readers recommended that episode than I think any other. Um, he came home from recording that night and said he told a story about me and how we'd been playing The Sims. Well, that he'd been playing The Sims. I assumed the story was going to be that initially we tried to be cute and make each other's Sims, and I'd been horrified by his creation, which he thought, quote, looked just like me. It did not. (laughs) But he totally redeemed himself. It was very sweet how beat up he was over accidentally Sim cheating on me. (laughs) Also, he straight up lied to you guys last week. He is a massive ball hog in Rocket League. Don't believe a word he says about any, quote, strategy. Oh, the uh, the Nick Bracken Sims 3 story also is Idle Thumbs 182. I am suspicious of myself. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, she's, she she wraps up. That's all I've got. Love you, Nick, even though you still won't teach me how to play Dota. You know. <laughs> so, Classic. That was the most authoritative Nick Brecken email we could have possibly have received. Perfect. And we did. Next email is from Nick Brecken. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe her lies. <laughs> I am suspicious of myself, but she is wrong. Uh, so yeah, we got a we got a bunch of emails referencing the the one you just uh, quoted, uh, Jake. Which is, uh, I'll just read one representative email of that yeah. Rob Cannon writes. My absolute favorite Nick Brecken episode is actually a relatively recent one. The episode is Idle Thumbs one hundred eighty two. I am suspicious of myself. In this episode, Nick tells a story of playing The Sims with his girlfriend. If you want to just hear the story, you can skip ahead to fifty five minutes and sixteen seconds. Love the show, Rob. P.S. The YouTube channel helped immensely in finding this segment. I typed my query into the search bar, Sims Nick Brecken, and got only four videos back, so I was able to find it easily. It was an experience that reminded me of her story. I was, gonna, I was, just, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, so I, awesome. I, as we mention um, often, that uh, YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash idle videos, is maintained incredibly impressively and exhaustively and every week by Johnny Driggs, who annotates every single episode of this podcast, making it incredibly easy to find the weird little bit of podcast. That yeah, you're, it you're is. It is crazy. Thank it you, Johnny really, really Driggs. Good. That's yes. super nice. It's very cool. If you want to watch the best <clears throat> ever Nick Brecken Idle Thumbs moment, in my opinion, you should search YouTube for. I believe it's just Idle Thumbs. Oh, I was gonna, the sentence I was going to say is search YouTube for Idle Thumbs Far Cry 2, which would be a worthless <laughs> search. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Idle Thumbs Far Cry 2 stream Chris Remo soundtrack. I think it's... Oh, just That's search for specific. it's called Nick Tries to Ambush Far Cry 2 While Chris Plays Guitar or something like that. <laughs> and it is... Yes. My favorite Idle Thumbs moment of all time, and it is Nick playing Far Cry 2 and trying to snipe someone uh, in an ambush while Chris is sitting on the stream accompanying him live on guitar, and everything just goes to shit, and it is amazing. Like, yeah. that is The guitar down. playing That's is the- incredible. And the best thing about that, that that I think, unless I'm misremembering, Chris said, is he couldn't actually see what was happening on screen, so he was just playing the guitar based on Nick's, on Nick's reaction, so he was soundtracking Nick. Reckon reaction no, to the no. game, <laughs> not even what was actually happening, yeah. which makes it even better. It's amazing. It is like 
<laughs> as someone so absolutely good. not involved with that, that justifies the entire existence of Idle Thumbs. I agree with opinion. you 100%. That <laughs> video clip is incredible. It justifies streaming as well yes. and video games. <laughs> Here's another email recommending another bit of Nick Brecken uh, neurosis. Uh, so Lassie <laughs> writes, episode. Hi Thumbs, you asked for favorite Brecken clips and it has to be the one where Chris and Jake stop talking while Nick goes on and on about Stanley Parable until oh my he God. figures it out and you all die from laughing. <laughs> I would feel bad if it wasn't so funny. I remember bursting out <laughs> laughing in a supermarket when I listened to the episode. Keep making great pods, Lassie. So that is um, Idle Thumbs 129, a reminder. And uh, this this was about nine and a half minutes in. Don't we talk before recording the episode or at the very beginning about how you're not going to say anything? Yeah. And then it starts and happening? And then it happened. Yeah. I noticed like minutes in that you had stopped and then I stopped. Right. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Classic. I, I'm going to have to check out Classic that clip because I don't remember it. I did that to Nick separately on a st- one of our streams one time as well. <laughs> and he, he also – I like out. that we're now um, into the zone where Nick's feelings are justified. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good place to So be. you just didn't respond and he just started losing his shit? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I will listen to this. And it, I will it seemed enjoy. reasonably appropriate for a like Stanley Parable related episode as well to just see what happens if Nick was just left alone talking to himself. <laughs> so here, here's a here's a follow up that isn't a recommendation, but it's sort of I'll use as an end cap for that. There's so many other Nick Brecken episodes, but uh, Jared Pettit writes, "I understand." As a somewhat new listener, I never quite understood the Nick to Larry David comparison. <laughs> However, last week when Nick told his Rocket League story and the movie of it playing in my head. I could see with perfect clarity starring George Costanza and Susan. I understand. Jared Pettit. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I can see that. Yep. Oh, actually, you know what? Here, here, here are a couple more from Tegan uh, Robichaud who writes in, My picks for the most Breconic of Brecken moments are these two bits, oh, Breconic. which I feel Breconic summarize Nick's character best. Number one, Nick, this, these are important because th- this was mentioned in Janelle's email. Number one, Nick tries to cheat at a Disneyland arcade game in order to one-up his girlfriend, then loses to her and blames everything but himself. That, that is on Idle Thumbs 144, and it's about four minutes in. Whoops. Stop playing it. Internet. Okay. And uh, number Sneak two, peek. Nick Brecken spends the better part of an hour building a Kerbal spaceship on a stream, and it turns out to be, and he turns out to be the last one to realize he's fucked it up and forgotten to include fuel to his rocket's most crucial phase. Immediately blames Chris and Twitch chat while Chris plays guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so Those are deeply Brecken esque. Yeah, I think that might have included me covering Rocket Man on, on oh, that perfect. stream. That um, stream is now blocked. So Braconic. So this is uh, if you if you go to the Idle Idle Thumbs Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash idle thumbs and search for Kerbal space program moon attempt. Uh, you will, you will find that moon attempt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, thanks everyone for those moment, those classic Nick Brecken moments of I guess, recent history of Nick Brecken, I suppose that is, um, which oh, episode man. did sorry. Nick talk about gold read, shoes? I got to read one more. Okay. I'm sorry. Roger Chin writes, my favorite Nick Brecken cast is the F Nick Brecken cast from the Kickstarter progress cast, <laughs> which include, which was Nick podcasting against oh, himself. Right. How many? Okay. Well, what, we could, what? The Kickstarter progress casts are only still available if you backed our Kickstarter, which means that they're just uh, locked away forever. Um, we've as ju- it should be. 
It's a reward for backers, Jake. I, I paid good money. <laughs> I feel the statute of limitations on that has gone away. However, um, we just reorganized our entire podcast network on SoundCloud, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode, I think. Um, and we failed to include those in the mix, which is uh, slightly disappointing to me. But whatever. One day. Failed. They'll, one day they'll be released. Yeah, failed all. so far. Yeah. Um, anyway. Nick is cool. Find the episode where Nick talks about uh, almost stealing Jeff Goldblum's shoes, because that is probably the, the beginning of the end. Peak Brecken. Yeah. I'm amazed no one no one uh, sent that one in. That's actually. just t- it's just taken to be assumed. I think like you just that's probably wasn't true. that one. That one was that was old quite a while ago. So I have to I think ask. That's the problem. No one's no one's listened to Idle Thumbs continuously for that long. No. They get tired of <laughs> of the cast for I too really long to remember know. that at this point. So really I, I started listening to Idle Thumbs well before I you know was here right. and oh, clearly, yeah. but not that much further into the past. I think mm-hmm. I started listening to it you know in the new era right. basically once I knew you and everything yeah. and once it was the Kickstarter era. Has there been a, a progression with Nick? Has he has he kind of gone from like, you know, more or less? I think I think Nick has remained constant, but our <sighs> sort of everything surrounding the way him. that see, we I sort see. of present Nick, I think, has changed over time. Because if you go back to Idle Thumbs episode forty three, Jeff Gone Goldblum, which was <laughs> September of two thousand nine, that is when Nick tells the story of being in an airport security line and getting in a conversation with the person in front of him about how Jeff Goldblum is right in front of them and how they could steal his shoes. So, yeah. like... Okay. The, it was always there, is what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, though, that just... It's been reverberating for, yes. you know, years, and now it is deafening. But it's but it was the same little sound the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Well... Tyler Caldwell writes unrelatedly in with a sad day in robot news. Hello, Thumbs. It is with a heavy heart that I report news I'm sure others have informed you of. But for the benefit of my fellow readers, perhaps you might share this unfortunate information. Hitchbot, a hitchhiking robot created by Canadian researchers, has been decapitated in Philadelphia. What? Hitchbot had successfully traversed Canada and much of Europe. However, after just two weeks in the United States, he met an untimely demise in a Philadelphia alleyway. I would like to request a tasteful moment of silence for Hitchbot, a robot who promised not to destroy humanity, but to unite it. Respectfully, a saddened listener. Was this just a robot that hitchhiked? Yeah, yeah and it had a little, exactly what it little was. iPhone in it or something, a little GPS in it. Also, they someone beat the shit out of this robot and then sent a photo of it to its creators. It was it really it was like a fucking weird like blackmail. This is terrible. Humanity has failed the test sent See, to us the by thing. the robots. Yeah, like, that's is, it. We have now proven the robots, the robots are justified from this point forward. Skynet is allowed. We unprovoked now. killed one of them immediately. Like this is just Battlestar Galactica begins. So Watch it. Seeing the photo of the of the destroyed <laughs> uh, Hitchbot made made me feel like how I felt like when I was eight and I watched Short Circuit. Yeah. And Johnny I felt Five bad for lot. Johnny Five. That was the really that was sad. the end of the second act. Before he got rebuilt. Yeah, yeah. And I then felt killed so bad everyone. For Johnny Didn't Five. it end with he just killed everyone? <laughs> That's true. It is for revenge because it was <laughs> justified. That's what I remember. So this is what's... they cut that ending. It's like it's uh it's like the end of Little Shop of Horrors where you've you've never seen it until the DVD. But yeah, that was definitely. So Deadspin posted a, a beautiful satirical piece about garbage and little garbage and Canadian garbage and so about on and garbage? so forth about this about Glitchbot being. Oh. What? Being, being garbage. garbage, it was like this big hoorah American. They were calling him garbage. They were Why saying he's literal garbage. garbage. It was a satirical 
piece that I thought was pretty funny. What I really want to know, I, I want the internet to have the same amount of rage for whoever killed Hitchbot that they do for whoever killed Cecil the Lion, the dopey dentist guy. Oh, man, guy. you're taking a... You're going I, out on a like, limb with this position, I, I think. I feel like we should be just as mad about this. Maybe we shouldn't be just Aren't as mad. Aren't you a vegetarian? I am. That's a... <laughs> That's an impressive moral position to take. But she also, she also doesn't loves, need robots. She loves innocent <laughs> robots that just want to hitch. I'm just saying. Friends. I would say that robot is way more endangered than fucking lions. That's true. It's, it's extinct. Now. That's it's my stance. <laughs> Not for There's long. There's only one. Robots will be right. self-replicating that, before long. Right. What we don't know is that Hitchbot's <laughs> kill switch engaged the factory. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward three months from now. Literally every highway right. in the so civilized just, world God, is lined this, with the, robots. This just oh makes God. a horror movie where someone picks up that robot. It's like I thought I thought you were dead. Weren't you? Didn't someone kill you? <laughs> and then just that car cuts a shot of that car just driving off the edge and just like <laughs> flipping over, and you just hear the radio playing. Oh, poor Hitchcock. <laughs> Times fifty. Well, I mean, it's like the it's like the paperclip story. But with Hitchbots, it's just like, get rides in cars. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like, buy whatever Hitch, means Hitchbots necessary. eyes engage and turn a different color, and then the brakes on that car disable, yeah. uh, and the steering wheel turns 90 degrees. <laughs> and the radio throws on an ironic tune to frame that person's death. Don't fear the Reaper. Cars? Or you should do that By one. Gary Newman? Sure. That works, too. I can't drive 55 by Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Maybe it personalizes the choice to each individual person. Find the most ironic song for their car death. That's go. the last loving act that robots will ever do to us. <laughs> we'll I cinematically think... frame our vehicular deaths. I can't get over what this says about our shitty culture. That, like, it got all the way through Canada, it got all the way through Europe, and it was, like, five minutes in America before somebody tore it limb from limb. I think we knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just sure. a stark reminder. A very stark... Sad reminder. Yeah. It's fine. Someone's doing a Kickstarter to rebuild Hitchbot. (laughs) And to never let it loose in America again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Actually, the the most terrible version of the Hitchbot would be if Americans (laughs) did a Kickstarter to rebuild Hitchbot, and then that Kickstarter was just a scam to steal a bunch of money from people who felt bad for a robot. (laughs) You're saying this. I think that Hitchbot could protect itself if it was armed with a gun like that quadcopter. Yep. Oh, God. What? No. Hitchbot the, has his own drone. Yeah, quad, the quadcopter follows Hitchbot around just to make sure nothing happens to it. Yeah, well, Europe is, ha, has a uh, oh, Kickstarter man, to build Kickstarter. Hitchbot. Huh? They, they canceled, canceled what? The no! Oh, I was, I was momentarily excited about the European Kickstarter build Hitchbot and then the American one to build it a bot assist armed quadcopter. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's fine. Anyway, Kickbot. Kickbot. Hitchbot and Hitch Bodyguard. Bodyguard? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Next email. Episode end. (laughs) Podcast, shut down. (laughs) Our podcast doesn't have voice response yet. I'm so sorry. Plug in that connect too. You deserved better than our shitty. Podcast, turn off. Stop. Daniel Primo writes Hi, Thumbs. You read my email twice. 
On July 2nd, I wrote an email about voiced Lego games. I got a real kick out of it when you read it in episode 218. <laughs> when you read it in episode 220, I was perplexed. <laughs> it's because this is episode the problem. Two, episode 218 was hosted by Jake, Danielle, and Sean. Jake read my email. Episode 220 was hosted by Chris, Spath, and Jake. Chris read my email. Jake stayed silent. <laughs> Unlike the characters in these Lego games. <laughs> I noticed and thought that it had happened, but didn't really care enough, so I just kind of let it play out. I've included the email here in case you want to go for the hat trick. Thanks, Daniel in Atlanta. Well, Steve, what's your take on talking Lego characters? Well, I don't actually care. Shut up. (laughs) What you'll note is that actually they started with Lego Lord of the Rings, which used some actual voice clips from the movies. I don't care about that. Uh, Katie writes, After that, Lego Batman. (laughs) Lego Batman 2, as a matter of fact. Katie writes, (laughs) Hey, Thumbs. I'm really enjoying your new and exciting I'm Still Playing Fallout Shelter segment, and I thought I'd contribute some anecdotes. My husband and I have been playing the games that came out and have really enjoyed it. Like Chris, my husband has a highly advanced radio room system that attracts a lot of dwellers from outside the vault. As his vault was nearing capacity, he came up with an entrance exam system to help him decide which newcomers, who have more or less equally low special stats, to allow in. He sends every newcomer out into the wasteland with absolutely no equipment or supplies and waits until they die. If by the time they die, they have managed to gather a piece of equipment, they will have earned their place and he will revive them and bring them home. All others are simply removed from the game. It's pretty much random whether or not a level 1 dweller can manage to do this, so there's no logic to the system other than entertainment value. And in case you were wondering, less than 10% of new dwellers managed to pass the test. That is a good, mm-hmm. that is a kind of vault overseer that I, I can get behind. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that guy knows what's going on. So, so they open up the door. They're yeah. like, oh, you can come in as long as you go out there and get me something nice. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, can I have it? No. Go. Uh... <laughs> Pile of corpses 30 the, feet away from the door. It's that yeah. or the basement. What do you prefer? <laughs> I, well, I thought that was going to be the test. Just take them, put them in like a refinery room, just them on their own, and hit the rush button. Oh, and if they manage to make it, them. I know how you burn oh people, God. Chris. We all know how you burn people. <laughs> I know about the place where you burn people. <laughs> um, anyway, Katie continues. For my part, I had a, a healthy near capacity vault with a steady eighty-eight percent happiness rating. But I rage quit the other day when I found out that the rare professor outfit, four intelligence, one luck, can only be worn by male dwellers. <gasps> I'm a woman yep. scientist, That's an aspiring bullshit. professor, and I really wanted to put on that adorable sweater vest and mortarboard on one of the ladies working in my science lab. Apparently, there are several other gender-specific outfits, including the female-only movie fan and librarian outfits and a ninja outfit that is male-only. What? I really don't understand why any outfits in this game are gender-specific. Movie fan? Yeah, it's just like a, hmm. it's got like a hat and I, I don't know. It's, okay. it's a good outfit, actually. I like that one. Um, but I totally agree with, with her about this. Anyway, yeah. other aspects of the game, such as the breeding system you've described on the show, are troubled, troubling, but I'm not overly bothered by them because they feel consistent with the dystopian Fallout universe. However, these gendered gear restrictions are sexist and a poor design choice. I'm sure I'll go back to my vault eventually, but I found this to be an unfortunate blemish on a game I otherwise enjoyed. Love the show and keep the Fallout Shelter stories coming. I've been enjoying hearing Chris's explorations of unexpected endgame mechanics. Sincerely, Katie in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I because I, I feel like the weird breeding farm implications of the mechanics actually make sense in yeah, terms of like, uh, we're desperately trying to repopulate the earth. It would break down into really gross societal yeah. structures like this. But 
ladies can't wear professor clothes doesn't that's really fit up. into that. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely overstating what the game actually says because there are a lot of similarly like job-related things that women can wear. It's just kind of randomly... Like, they just, they just made a pile, yeah. They just made a handful of them that only yeah. have one. But most of them have almost all have, of them. Almost do. all of them have both, and they have to redesign them all for. They're all unique twice assets, anyway. Yeah. So like, it feels like they might as well just have made the decision that all of these will have two. And if they have to lower the total number of outfits by a couple, it seems like that would have been fine. Yeah. Why well, yeah. can't everyone be a movie fan or whatever that was? Or yeah. a ninja or a librarian? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Tinsey writes. Uh, Tyler Tinsley writes. Oh, Tinsley. I'm sorry. Never mind. This was Camzolan. We read this last week. Uh, oh, we read this obviously. <laughs> Voice in Lego games. <laughs> 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 All right. So from anonymous. Hi thumbs. I've been listening and enjoying your nerdy, thoughtful, and hilarious sensibilities for years. Last week, Chris mentioned revisiting the Terminator, and I wanted to share one of the more unusual stories from my time at a post-production company in LA. Good. Our company was doing a lot of business on Avatar, as James Cameron insisted on making unique masters for every possible projector so the audience would have an identical 3D experience, regardless of light variations among individual theaters. What? Wow. Wow. So instead of duping, they just, they dump out, it it, it means you, you don't degrade it in any possible way by like, I guess if, even if it's digital, you don't compress a compressed copy. Is that Mm. what's, how, what is he, is it actually on film? Okay. How, like what? Anyway, in two thousand, it must be on film. I guess. I don't understand what or whatever it was. How many thirty-five millimeter avatars? I guess the answer is few enough that you better give everyone a fucking master copy instead of just instead of running off dupes. Weird. So he says we were operating on three shifts, twenty-four hours a day, to finish the project before release, and there was more than enough overtime for anyone who wanted it. After several excessively long back-to-back days, I took my usual break and went to the bathroom. A few seconds of standing at the stall, and James Cameron, who was there for a test screening, entered. Normally, when VIPs are in the building, everyone is made aware, but whether I missed it in my half-awake state or it wasn't said at all, I don't know. I'm not the type of person to talk in the men's room, but I couldn't miss an opportunity with a directorial idol of mine. Small chat first, then some thoughts on Terminator vs. Terminator 2. Cold, death-wielding Arnold beats a cuddly, slogan-wielding Arnold any day. He was polite, didn't ignore my questions, and seemed to appreciate what he's likely already heard, though probably not accompanied with the scent of urinal cakes. In a sleep-deprived but nonetheless thrilled state, I thanked him and apologized if I was a bother. On my way back to my desk in a sea of zombie-like euphoria, I talked to a coworker about the exchange. She pointed out something blatantly obvious, and my brain immediately remembered another. Not only had I left the bathroom without even trying to wash my hands, I left my fly down as well. Because of all the mirrors in that men's room, Cameron would have seen all of this. I tried to go to another men's room on the other side of the building, but I ran into him again, saying sheepishly, forgot to wash my hands. He just smiled and laughed. Thanks for the entertaining podcast. Love your insights, and keep up the great work. Good. Forgot to wash my hands. So it, it is maybe my favorite weird Idle Thumbs reader mail side thread now of I have been involved in the weird ancillary distribution requirements of extreme blockbuster films. <laughs> like, yeah. so good. Yep. Anyone else who has any weird stories about this shit, please write it in because what in the world? Yes, yep. please. Like, <laughs> if you were somebody that had to, like, I don't know touch up the tentacle makeup for somebody in uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean 2. No, it's... Huh. It, it, you're that, talking about distro. You're, you're not talking yeah, no, about... If okay. you're the person you're, you're who's like, uh, they, they printed, you know, 400 copies of Pirates of the Caribbean 2, and then I had to hand tint one frame in every copy of <laughs> right. the already printed film. Like, that's the story that we need now. Yeah. Like, 
I had to cut this one frame out of every copy of the thing and splice it back together. Somebody that worked at the place where they make the thousands of cardboard like lobby <laughs> standees of oh, Johnny God. Depp. My friends and I used to steal those in high school. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's friends probably did. I mean, well, they they just let people who work at the theaters take them home when the run is over, generally. Yeah. Just also, them. if you did touch up the makeup uh, on a tentacle man extra from a... If you touch the tentacle, yeah. Yeah, I, right I, I want to hear about that one, too. Questions at idlethumbs.net. If you know line, the person I who touched, touched the up tentacle. the tentacle, <laughs> please. I touched the tentacle. Oh. Hashtag, I touched oh. the tentacle. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Austin C. writes, you guys yeah. don't know SSX. Damn. I was listening to the podcast a few Shit. weeks ago, and you guys were talking about cell phone menu systems and games when Jake mentioned that there is one in SSX3. I was playing SSX3 at the time. Oh, <laughs> oh is there not? <laughs> and Sorry. SSX is one of my favorite series. So I wanted to write in and tell him that there is not a cell phone with a menu system, but rather something that looks only vaguely like a cell phone that oh, pops do you just... up during the loading screen and displays the percentage. I thought you got text from people in that game. Fuck, I guess not. Also... Jake mentions the first SSX as a memory of his playing the Dreamcast, but it wasn't on the Dreamcast. It was a PS2 launch game. Austin from North Carolina. I definitely don't remember saying that I played SSX on the Dreamcast because I played SSX Tricky on the GameCube. But whatever. I must have fucked everything up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that this This is the... So, it's totally normal for us to fuck things up in sort of new current games that everyone's yeah. obviously playing and we're idiots. But you, <laughs> this guy, can you imagine sitting there just playing SSX3 years after it came out? Right. And then while you anyway, cell on. phone and SSX3. God, I don't, my brain must have. cell phone is he talking? Pressing the controller. How does, there's no, does he my, mean the loading screen? I don't know what my brain did because I, I very strongly have memories of being in an SSX game that I thought was three and then just getting pop-up messages saying, a character wants to race you. And me going fuck off. I don't but, think I don't think SSX. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say something wrong now. I didn't think SSX three was the like more open world structure one. I think it was a later one. Three was the one that had the big mountain in it. Okay. Um, Told you I was. Well, wrong. If anyone knows what Jake's thinking of, I'm just, an email. Well, if anyone knows what the hell game. Jake is talking about, please write. Maybe it's not SSX three. Who's to say? I don't know anything. Basically, I played SSX tricky in. A, a non-stop mode until maybe two other SSX games had come out, and then I consumed those really <laughs> aggressively, but found them wanting because they weren't the one game that I played through most of college. <laughs> it's hard to get that back. Yeah. So you hardly played any games in college except this one. I no, I played. I mean, I played a lot of Smash Brothers and Quake Three and SSX Tricky. That was about it, though. And anything that I was Those writing about for Idle Thumbs or Mix and Mojo. Those are great college games. Yeah. Strong good choices. Good choices. SSX3 yeah. is the one that's set on the big contiguous mountain that you okay. can surf or uh, snowboard all the way down. Or surf. Snow surfing. <laughs> it's basically that. Roger Chin writes, difference between drones and RC planes. To me, the difference is due to the amount of computer automation in the two. RC helicopters can't even hover without constant input. It's very difficult to do. Quadcopters were enabled by microelectromechanical technology in the mid-2000s. Basically, cell phone gyroscopes, accelerometers, and compasses, which enable them to be self-stabilizing. When you give a quadcopter an input, there's a computer translating your movement intent to controls on the copter. RC planes and helicopters didn't do that. Given that the human isn't actually flying it, it's trivial to swap out the human inputs with a program, like a pre-programmed set of nav points based off GPS, just like a military surveillance drone. These things are cheap, too. The first Google result was, and then he links to a Google result, it's only $225, and the stuff will only get cheaper. Roger Chin. There you go. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool. Well, do you guys want to to call it for this week on that? Yes. Yeah. Let's call it. 
All right. Let's hey, we have a bunch staff. of we have a, no, we have a bunch of cast. stuff we have to talk about. We have a million things to talk about. It's true, we do. Um, we actually really only have one thing to talk we have about. One big thing to talk about, which is a new podcast launching on the Idle Thumbs <gasps> Network. Whoa. Yeah, called Esports Today. Uh-huh. You can go to esports.today to find. Oh, that's a real TLD. That's a real TLD that we had to buy from a guy who owned it. Oh shit! And I had to haggle for it. And I was, wow. it was, it was enjoyable. We groveled for esports.today and we got it. So nice. Uh, it is a weekly podcast about sort of. It's a news and discussion podcast about the professional gaming scene. So it's you know a lot of Dota, StarCraft, League of Legends, mm-hmm. uh, and various Blizzard games. It's hosted by Rob Zachney, uh, who you may know of Three Moves Ahead. Or uh, another great strategy game podcast on Idle Thumbs, and he also is a writer who writes all across the mm-hmm. internet. Yeah, it's hosted by Rob Zachney and Andrew Grohn, and they're actually both um, professional writers. And who, uh, well, they're esports writers, and they're both they're both professional journalists, so they have a lot of expertise about this topic. They know what they're talking about, and their goal is to make a show that mm-hmm. is uh, interesting and worthwhile for people who are up on the esports and competitive scene but also will be uh, welcoming to people who are sort of who would like to be more aware of it, um, but may not already be aware of absolutely everything that's going on. So esports.today, you can sign up via iTunes or with the RSS feed, and you can send them email at questions at esports.today. And, you know, they're ju- the podcast is brand new. Episode one just came out as we're recording this. And so if you have thoughts either as someone who is really up to do uh, like really up on esports competitive gaming and pro gaming or if you would like to be and you you know have some some feedback or response to their podcast please send it in to questions at esports.today and they will read it and you know the show will kind of figure itself out i'm sure over the next couple of weeks i'm excited to hear it for the first time yeah. i want to know more about esports yeah well you they will help you do that awesome Another important URL update is that idlethumbs.cool now correctly <laughs> uh, redirects to idlethumbs.net. So update your bookmarks. Always use idlethumbs.cool um, to get to any of these podcasts in the Idle Thumbs Network. Thanks, Steve. Idlethumbs.cool slash esports today. <laughs> I don't know. It depends how you did the redirect. I didn't do it. Well, I don't know who did. Oh, shit. <laughs> if you set up the redirect for <laughs> idlethumbs.cool to go to idlethumbs.net, write to questions at idlethumbs.cool and see if it goes that's through. That's probably not going to work. It probably won't. <laughs> if it you're does, the one that set it up, you'll it know does. whether it works. Don't worry about it. Idlethumbs.cool slash esports today. Check it out. Whether you're a big esports fan or someone who just has a casual interest but wants to stay up to date on what's going on in professional gaming. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks, everyone. We are going to now record a separate her story uh, spoiler cast pod blast we're going to be releasing that separately look for it on the rss feed this friday so um that way if yeah that way if you don't listen to it it's an easy thing to skip and if you do you can listen to it at at your leisure whenever you got some time just to avoid anyone falling asleep before this point and waking up while her story spoilers are going into their ears. <laughs> yep. Unless, of course, your podcast reader of choice is only subscribed to Isle of Thumbs, which it should be, uh, and eSports Today. It's fine. Um, I'm leaving now. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, Jake. Bye, Jake and everyone. <laughs>